Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, You know I've got the best job in the world, right? I get to talk to people from all over. This is our first call with Brazil. Um, I'd like you to meet Elena Crescia, who is the uh, organizer at TEDx Sao Paulo. She's so much more than that, though. Uh, And we'll get into that. Elena, welcome to the show. Uh, Hi. Welcome, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's glad to have you uh, here. You know, I was looking on uh, Ted uh, at your your bio, because as organizers, we all have a a page that talks about what we do. I'm just going to read this, listener, because you're going to love this. She's the founder of Portfolio, the founder of Editoria de Ideas, I'm thinking editor of Ideas, the president yes. of Net Impact Sao Paulo chapter, the curator and organizer of TEDx Jardins and TEDx Jardins Women, curator and organizer of TEDx Sao Paulo and TEDx Sao Paulo Women, passionate about impact investment, social entrepreneurship, sustainability, social finance, government 2.0, Latin America, design, photography, the TED Open Translation Project, a language coordinator, and the TEDx Music Project. How do you have any time to sleep? Oh, <laughs> I think me, most TEDx organizers um, share this uh, uh, will to do the most out of our lives, right? Like yeah. we we make time out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's oh. my quote for the show. Just like that, we make time out of thin air. Now, you you were at TED Global in 2012. When did you first get involved with TED? Um, I started um, just being a fan and watching mm. TED Talks on the TED.com before sure. the TED Talks were on YouTube or Netflix or anywhere else. Right. And then one day I was watching one of the talks and I saw a little call uh, on the top of the website saying, if you want to join um, a volunteer translator project, please oh. click here. So I clicked and I was so happy to help uh, add subtitles in Portuguese and and Spanish so that the talks would be available in in my region, in Latin America. And uh, that's how I first started to be like, uh, that was the first step from being just an observer to becoming part of the in crowd and the participants, you know, like, uh, so... Then I realized I was one of the first uh, to join the translator project because this was in 2009 when the when the translator group started. We were thousands of people all over the world translating into different languages, and it was 
a ride. Like it was really amazing. Uh, a few years later, in 2011, I started dreaming of organizing a TEDx event because I realized, uh, wait a minute, I've I know so many amazing people in Brazil that mm. could also give a TED talk. And probably they will never be invited to the TED stage, one, because they are not in the radar, and second, um, because many of them don't even speak English. So they will never have a chance of going to the main stage. And at the same time, so two things happened more or less around the same time. Um, I filled out a form to ask for my first license. Right. Because they asked me, what do you want for your birthday? And my reply was, don't buy any gifts, because what I really want is to organize a TEDx event. <laughs> and I, I it really started asking family and friends that I what I wanted uh, instead of a party was to organize a TEDx event. And at the same time, I wrote an email asking Ted if there was a way to get a discount so that I could attend mm. the TED event with a discount being a translator. Oh, sure. And the reply was, uh, well, we don't offer a discount at this time, but uh, we will put your name in a in a list of people who are interested in being invited. And Ted invites 10 to 15 translators to every event. Um, so in April, I got the license. And two weeks later, I got a phone call uh, that I was invited to go to TED Global. Oh in my June. gosh! How great was you? Did you just that jump up something. and down? I I swear <laughs> that it happened. I was in a like you know some moments in life you remember exactly where you were. Yep. And yep. I was in a, inside a taxi in Bogota, in Colombia, and my head bumped into the ceiling <laughs> of the taxi. <laughs> 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 I was so happy. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. And so, where was where was global that year? Was it still in? Was it in uh, Scotland, Ireland? The uh, TED Global was in Edinburgh. In, in Edinburgh, right, right, yes. right. And so the first event was in October that year, and because Global was in June, it already started uh, with the upgrade to to do a uh, bigger than right, hundred right, people. Right, right, and we spent ten months. Uh, a group I put a, a message in a in a Facebook group saying I'm organized I, I want to organize a TEDx event if any of you want to join me please come to my home on Thursday evening and that, uh oh how many showed like, up 14 people showed up four zero uh, 14 14 one, okay four. yeah and we were members of this virtual group in Facebook, but mm. we had never met in person. Oh, wow. So these 14 people who had never met each other before, uh, we were suddenly members of a team organizing a TEDx event for our city, for our community. Wow. And many of them have become my best friends today. We have organized more than 30 great? events together. <laughs> 30 events? 30. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm like a um, uh, serial organizer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's more or less um, what you were telling me a few minutes ago. Like when when you start doing something and you realize that you really enjoy doing mm, it and that mm. you are learning, you're 
meeting amazing people. You're having great conversations. Um, why stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when we start deciding to organize an event, then it's uh, like a roller coaster of sure. meeting amazing people, of having great conversations, of like trying to decide uh, and to edit what goes in, what goes out. Right, right. Um, we learn a lot. Like we we are learning by making mistakes, which is humbling. But yeah, at the same is. time, it gives you like you want to do another one so that you can redeem your past mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I have never gotten to the point of thinking, oh, that this is it, you know, like I'm done. Like uh, I, I always want to do a better one. Well, I so. I can tell by the the images now. Listener, um, check out the site because I'm going to post these images that Elena just sent me. Your main event is it in a soccer stadium? Well, that was the a crazy idea that we had last year. Oh my gosh! Um, we were going to organize an event, uh, and we wanted the over like you know the the overarching team thing sure. to be education. Okay. And then we realized, well, our city has 20 million inhabitants. And if we want to have the directors of some of the public schools of the city in our event, like we cannot do an event for 500 or 4,000 because we are not going to reach the population that we want to reach. Right. So then we started looking for big venues and then someone said, why not a soccer stadium? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So we started visiting soccer stadiums. And there was this one soccer stadium, which inaugurated in 2015. It was brand new. We had never been there before. And when we went to visit, it was just the perfect venue for mm. our mm. event. Because the... There's like an amphitheater behind the goal area oh. and it's covered. So uh, because it's covered, you are not doing an event where you risk having rain on right. your people, you know? Right, right. And so, yeah, we started dreaming about doing this big event. Uh, last year it was for 5,000 people. Oh, my god! So it was not so big, you know. Oh, okay, hold, 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 hold it for a second. Okay, <laughs> listener, did you hear what she just said? It's not so big. Now, we have people who are just getting ready to do a 100-person event, and they're freaking out. And yet yeah. you've just said, oh, it's not so big. It was 5,000 people. But, I mean, you have 20 million uh, in, in your city, which is, is significant, um, which is, you know, part of what's so interesting about this is how is it that um, – you're even able to think that big. What, what, what is, what, tell me that. What is profoundly different about an event that size or are more things similar? There's so much of what we do that is exactly the same. If you do it for a hundred or if mm, you do it for mm, 5,000, mm. you know, the search for great ideas worth spreading is the same. The willingness to bring these ideas to as many people as possible is the same. Yeah. 
Then, of course, the logistics of organizing an event for many more people are different. And when you go to a soccer stadium, then you are talking like a whole different language because you have to start thinking about firemen and about how many ambulances you're going to have. Oh, my Um, gosh. And... Uh, but at the same time, when you go and meet this, the people who work at the soccer stadium, like oh. they they were telling us 5,000, that's nothing. <laughs> like the stadium has a capacity for 50,000. And in your event, everyone is on the same team. <laughs> oh, that's like, you don't have no fights who want to kill each other. <laughs> You see, everything is relative. For us, 5,000 was unthinkable. And for them, 5,000 was 10% of the capacity. Wow. So they were so happy to help us make this event a success because they wanted to prove that a soccer stadium can be used for other purposes. Oh, great. They wanted to prove, they they were happy to organize an event that was for education, for talks, Mm. for ideas, Mm. and not for just a sport where like the participants are not so (laughs) like (laughs) happy all the time. You know, like, (laughs) so in the end, uh, it was an amazing experience. So much so that we are repeating the dose. This year, um, we are planning on doing um, an event in the same soccer stadium only for twice the amount of people so this time we are going for more than 10,000 you're you're um you're just you're killing me here this is i'm i'm just i you know because i think of the things oh i should oh i want to go see every single tedx of the person i of the people i've interviewed it is i could take a year and not see them all all the ones i want to see I'm I'm thinking about, you know, one of the things about a TEDx that's really interesting because it's so local to your community and it's local to your ideas, it's local to those people, and it's local to the challenges. We all are dealing with that at whatever level that is. But one of the things we that's fun about a TEDx is the user experience, the time in between, you know, when we get to meet one another and talk and we all, you know, the social part of a TEDx is it's it's fantastic. It really is. How do you um, think differently about creating experiences for that many people? Um, well, not all of our events are that big. So we also organize events for for three hundred to five hundred to twice or three times a year, and we organize uh, one event for fifteen hundred once a year, which is the TEDx Women. Right. Um, so I can, what I've learned like uh, all during these years is that um, if you have great ideas on stage that make the people want to talk about them when uh, as soon as they have a little break, yeah. and then if you offer food and drinks, so that people don't have to go somewhere else to eat or to drink because they are offered the food. And if you give long enough breaks that allow conversations to happen, then that's all you need, basically. Like, of course, we can also invent um, 
some activities. But um, when, like, for example, last year in the stadium, uh, the during the breaks, we had little workshops or uh, offered sure. by partners. Sure. We had many, many um, activities like uh, a VR company offered right. VR experiences. There right. was a planetarium. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> someone set up a planetarium? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my They're gosh. Like, the stadium is so huge that yeah. these, like, five astronomers from a university which is 200 kilometers away, they said, can we bring <laughs> a, an inflatable planetarium oh and we will show, like, a, a little show that lasts 15 to 20 minutes for 50 people at a time and we'll explain and then and they also brought five telescopes and people oh could gosh. watch through like using the telescopes and well that was amazing because oh if gosh. you are in a small venue you cannot accept right this. but right in a big venue we had a planetarium and <laughs> we had- <laughs> hey one of one of the things when I ask people what their what the challenge is, uh, a lot of TEDxers say it's that the community, the brand of TEDx or TED and TEDx is not well known. How would you respond to that? Is the brand well known there in Brazil? There's a bit of everything. Uh, there are people who have never heard about TED before, and I think it's so amazing. Uh, like. I feel so happy when mm. to be the person that that makes someone learn that TED exists. Um, many times it happens to me when they tell me about someone um, about a sp- like a future speaker for the like someone tells me about this person for the first time, and I have the same feeling. Like how come I've never heard about this person before? Oh. So like I don't judge someone who has never heard about TED because maybe they were. Uh, I don't know, becoming an expert in their field or they were reading classics or they were doing something else that was really good for themselves. So it's really great to be the first person to talk about TED to someone. Um, I, I also have like this idea that I'm, I think I'm inventing a new type of therapy, like a TED therapy, like someone, (laughs) like if you tell me about a problem and I tell you two or three talks to watch or something like this, like, oh, you can watch this TED talk or you can watch this other TED talk. Come see me in a week. So, (laughs) (laughs) and then, and so if someone has, has never heard about TED before, that's amazing. If they have, if they know what it is, um, then they are already fans and you know right. that you have their support and right. you have their their help to make our event better. But at the same time, it gives us like a challenge to try to, to go beyond their expectations because mm, many times mm. like they are expecting like a TED event. Like if they, yes, if they right, know right, TED, of course, yeah. no, they want TED. Yeah, and then yeah. you have to give them something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, no. You, uh, you know, I, it's interesting you say that because I've not, I don't recall hearing that in the other interviews. But I know that um, my wife Kimberly and I talk about that. We've been going to TED for many, many, many years, and that was for us. That's the you know the standard we're looking for. You know that that amazing visual experience and. We had one of our guys in our first one. We were so nervous in 2010. 
And one of the guys who is there from Santa Barbara is a Tedster. He's, you know, been going since Monterey. And he pulled me outside at the party and he said, Mark, I want to let you know that this was as good as any single day at TED. Thank you so much. And I mean, that was, I didn't need to hear anything else from anybody else because that was the the goal we had set for ourselves. When you um, are thinking about, I mean, there's, you've done 30 events and there are so many areas that you could work organizing, collaborating, producing, marketing, curating, partnering. What's, what's your favorite part? Um, I think my favorite part uh, is curating and coaching the speakers. Um, I have set some goals for myself during the years, like for from the very first event, uh, I took like a personal pledge to always have 50% women on stage at least. Um, so today it's like generally you have more than 50% of women on stage because people know that I that that's something I stand for. So right. every time someone meets an amazing woman, they they let me know. Like, so I have so many recommendations every week of great women in Brazil. And then, um, I also like realized during these years that I really enjoy, uh, going for the unheard and like trying to find the voices that, that are not being heard and trying to do what, like, in a way we are, I'm trying to do what Ted is doing best that not to only go for celebrities, right. but to create right. new celebrities, to create new heroes, and to invite people to talk. Like many of the many of the, our speakers have never spoken in public before, mm-hmm. and and that's so great because right. you have this right. treasure of yeah, yeah, years yeah, of yeah. knowledge, yeah, yeah. and and you don't have. All the, you know, the little things that like a professional speaker may right, bring that right. they, they are di- more difficult to coach. So <laughs> I really enjoy uh, the process of mm, helping someone mm. um, overcome the fear, overcome the insecurities and, and then uh, give them this visibility to their ideas for the first time. So, um, I, I should say that that's what I enjoy most, but of course I also like uh, creating opportunities for collaboration mm-hmm. and for partnering with many different uh, stakeholders, and and for many of the other things, um, I have an amazing team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's we all say so, that, right? Is that we have a great team? Yeah. I would I would encourage you to listen to. Uh, the TEDx Pasadena Women episode with Heather Brunold. Um, she she's very very specifically. It's almost she said almost the same words that she wants to have the the she called them the muted voices. Uh, so those unheard, nice. right? And uh, very very passionate about that. And uh, you should you two should meet. I'll, I'll make sure that that happens. With all of these events, everything that could go wrong or could happen has happened. Uh, I'd love to know, though, what the biggest surprise 
is or has been, what, what do you think is the biggest surprise for you on this TED journey? Um, I was like one big surprise was when one of our speakers was invited to talk at TED Global. So, you know, it's something that we really enjoy when one of our, like uh, a local speaker gets also the main stage. Yes. Um, So that was an amazing surprise and I loved it. And then another speaker was invited to become a TED fellow. So that was great. Um, Then what other surprises can I mention? Um, I never cease to be surprised by the TEDx community, you know, the creativity uh, that we have as yeah, a community. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. They never cease to to owe me. Like I, I'm <sighs> always I always try to do something that somebody else has done, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, we have to do this because like TEDx Sydney has done this. Right? And, sure, 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 sure. And we're not competing, yeah. right? We're we're all we're all learning from one another. I I I said to um, Maurizio of TEDx Cesena, I said, uh, you know, I I have to confess that um, I think I'm the biggest recipient of knowledge and wisdom on the podcast because I'm an organizer and and I know what it takes and I'm so interested in I want to do my show better. But I know already that, you know, we look at the hub, we look at Facebook, we look at the, like the summit, we look at Vest, <laughs> but it's kind of hard to stay on top of all those things. With a podcast, you can kind of listen while you're doing other work. And I'm hoping that we will have this huge, almost encyclopedia of what it takes to do what we do. And we all learn from one another. I'm I'm so anxious from a, a year from now, just, uh, I would love it if someone came up to me like at a summit or some event and said, you know, we heard something from Norway or Belgium or South Africa, and we put that into place and it worked really good. Cause that's to your point. That's, that's what is, uh, it is a surprise that how, because we're not competing for finances, we're and we're not com- even competing for speakers and ideas, right? Because we're very hyper local, right? And they've mm-hmm. now through licensing made it so I'm not competing with another TEDx Santa Barbara, right? Because mm-hmm. I think there was a there was a little bit of a problem with that in the early days. What as you if you think ahead, what's the biggest challenge that you face in in running your event or the, it is let's say it a different way i have this new thought that a way to think about what we do is not that it's an event that needs an organization to produce it it's more that we are an organization that produces an event mm-hmm. yeah so it's sustainable exactly. and it, it lasts for a while what's the biggest challenge for the organization um. Wow, I find new challenges every single day. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, one big challenge is to never lose the curiosity mm. and the willingness to have long and meaningful conversations with new people that come along. You know, to never get to the point that when you get an email of someone who wants to who wants you to meet someone, uh, to not be tired of getting these emails to not uh-huh. like 
to to receive this email as wow that's so great i'll get to meet a new friend you know right, so, so right. that's that's one then another is how to organize big events because at this time we really cannot go back to doing a small event because if we went if i were organizing an event for for 50 people next week i would have so many people sending me messages like who want to get in and right. who didn't get an invite or right. you know uh, it would be like a super hard work to go back to a small event so we really need to do at least one really big event a year how do you keep the good quality of relationships and and how do you keep it human and and that it touches the hearts and 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 that it's not just a, a big thing for the photo so right I think that is a challenge and in that sense I would like to tell those who are organizer who are organizing events for less than a hundred or for 150 or for whatever number never think that what you're doing is less important than a big event because every single event is really important if you're organizing a birthday party for for your son or your daughter and it's for 20 people like it's such a great event in their lives like yes, you know right. uh, i wouldn't i would like someone who's organizing for less than 100 they have to enjoy that right. they can do things by hand that they can do it personalized that they can do so many things that we cannot do when we are dealing with big numbers um so maybe yeah some, I, I, there are challenges in every single aspect <laughs> of organizing an event. <laughs> now, listener, I want you to know, I know you can't see her, but Elena has got a smile that's a mile wide right now. So that's something also common among organizers is that we don't, we, we don't, yes, it's a challenge, but we don't have a negative as association with that, right? It's like, yep, mm -hmm. that's a challenge. Just another yep. thing to do. Let's just get that thing done and uh, we'll move on with it. What What are you most looking forward to? I mean, you're going to do 10,000 people, which is just – I do you live stream, by the way? Yes. Okay. Uh, for this big event, we'll probably have um, like a TV show during the day, the whole day. So when we will be – in the past, we always offer free live streaming. Right. Uh, and then when there's a, um, like a coffee break or yeah. a lunch break, we, we leave a message saying, uh, we are in a coffee break. We'll be back at this time. Right. But for this really big event, uh, we'll have uh, three TV presenters that will be running the show during the breaks. And they will be interviewing people around. They will be visiting oh, the I different things that. that we are offering during the breaks. And it will be like an all-day uh, show. You know, like when there are talks, it's going to be talks. But when we are on a break, uh, the show will go on. So that's, <laughs> so. So that's new. I, I love that idea because, you know, we do the same thing. But it would – now you have – there's a lot of infrastructure. Someone has to set up the studio and make, I mean, there's, there's, but someone will figure mm -hmm. that out, right? So someone's in charge of that and they'll make that happen. Yeah, it's a different team. It's not the right. same team that is uh, filming the event. Like right. on the one hand, we have the, the film crew for the 
main event. And then we have a different film crew and different uh, presenters for the like the live stream experience. Right, right. Oh, so interesting. Because um, normally, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of myself. We just, you know, we just put a feed out on the internet. We've got Citrix as a sponsor and then they help, you know, they just kind of manage that. But we don't, I don't really pay any attention to it other than, you know, just make sure it all, it works. But having a host and doing interviews and having those run in the, in the meantime, keeps people engaged for that 45 minute or an hour break and gives you a chance to, I got it. That's a, you know what I'm see, I've just learned something now I'm going to, and our, our organizing (laughs) meeting happens to be tonight. So I'm going to go, Mark, who have you been talking to? What crazy ideas do you have for us? Uh, which I love. Um, if I had a, uh, I take our red carpet that's on the stage and it's a magic red carpet and I can fly you to any TEDx in the world you'd like to go. Where where are we going? Okay, first let me tell you that my dream is one day I will do a round-the-world trip and I want to go to many TEDx events. Um, some because they are iconic for the TEDx uh world so i would love to go to tedx sydney yep. i'd love to go to the tedx singapore yep. i'd love to go to tedx brussels or amsterdam or berlin or the three of them why not um i've been to many most of the tedx in my region so i i've already participated in most of the tedx events in brazil and many in argentina i went to TEDx Rio de la Plata. I went to TEDx Rosario. I went. I'm going in September to TEDx Bariloche in the Patagonia. Uh, I in in Brazil. I went to many uh, Rio, Belo Horizonte, Porto Alegre. So yeah, I I you know um, a TEDx event is like a, how do you call it when there's like a, a, an alignment of the of the star and the moon and the sun like that's it's uh yes i know exactly it's i so i understand that yes so there's so it's so unique you know there are so many people that are doing their best on yes. this one day to mm. give an awesome experience to whoever is there um i think it's a gift to be able to go and 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 to be inspired. Sometimes inspiration is just to meet someone who is so aligned with their purpose. Right, right. When you meet a musician who is so in love with what he's doing as a musician, and then it gives you the freedom for to be yourself as well, you know? I, I was told after our second event, there was a psychologist, a human psychologist, and he, and he was at the after party. He was just, you know, he's very, you know how people are at the end of the day. They're just very excited and they're, they're pumped. But I knew that he was thinking about it differently. And I, I said, why was it so good? What was it about it specifically? And he said, what happened was that all of you, and he was thinking of the organizers and the volunteers and the speakers. He said, you created this environment for one day we could be anything we wanted to be. Oh, that's so nice. 
And I just, I was, I was like, wow. I mean, I'm getting misty thinking about it. It, it, he, he said that everything about it was perfect. It was unique. And it was because all, you, you know, we think about friction. I don't want any friction at registration. I don't want any friction in the food. I don't want any <laughs> friction. I want, you know, you just want, I, I want the audience to be in a peak state so that when the speaker steps into the red circle, they are relaxed and the energy of the audience flows over them and their idea flows out. And then all of that magic is captured on film so that we can share it with the world. That's we're in the business of that, right? Everything is to yeah. create that. It's not the event. It is not at all the event. Yet you need that to create an atmosphere so that talk can uh be given life in the best way possible. So uh-huh. when that happens, it's it's magic. You're you're absolutely right. I I also <laughs> wanted to say when you were you were talking about the advice when you get that letter from someone who wants to go have a coffee with you and talk to you to, um, and we're so busy, right? We have, cause we're all volunteers. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing, right? <laughs> that to, to find ways to make that happen and, and to stay excited. I'm going to ask you, I want to end our, the conversation has been fantastic. And, and I know many of us now want to come to the soccer stadium. Uh, the show's called Hacking the Red Circle. And so you had said, uh, you started off, it was perfect when you said that uh, we make time out of thin air, uh, which kind of is a great beginning and an end. What is, what's the hack? What's the thing that uh, an organizer could think about that how do they get less from more? I mean, all those kinds of things. What's that little trick that you want to share with us? Um, there's something that I tell my team, uh, before we start every single event, before we open the doors and the first person comes in and we, it's just us and it's always really hectic at that time. And I tell them, um, we have to remember that the same way when you go to a wedding, it can be the best wedding ever in the best room with the best food but if the groom and the bride if they are not happy then nobody is going to be happy but and we are the groom and we are the bride today you know like Mm. the organizer the organizing team has to be at service has to be happy because we have been working so many months for this one day like we cannot let uh, little problems put us down on that day. Like when when a problem comes and they will come, it has to be like a game, like someone gave you a Lego to play with and that you are like <laughs> trying to find the solution to the Lego. So I think that's the hack. The hack is to have fun with the learning opportunities that that la- that will come when you're trying to organize an event. To to n- not lose your smile when you're working with the little problems and to never let it be a problem of relationship with people in the team so that we are working together and we are happy to be there on the day of the event. And many times on the day of the event, when the event is over, I do tend to remember all the little details that I think we have to do better for the next time like yes. i cannot ha- be 100 percent happy because i also remember the little sure. problems yeah 
But uh, one thing is, of course, I'm aware of these little problems, but to not let it go to to the others, you know, like to always to to have a good atmosphere at the event for everyone who's participating. So maybe that's the hack to, no, to leave it as. You, you gave me four or five in there, and I'll figure it out. Those were all very very good. I, I, I <laughs> it's and and again, your your. Uh, attitude is very obvious right you're you have a really pleasant outgoing great passionate personality and so that is the leader is so important and that philosophy of don't let the don't let the little things get you down stay happy keep the team motivated don't let them i love the um look at problems like legos and how can we play with them instead of make them be problems yeah Elena, thank I love Legos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me too. Thank you, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, please, uh, w when is your event? By the way, the next, the big one. Uh, the big one at the stadium. It's going to be August the twelfth. It's a Saturday, and I would love. And to everybody's have invited. Any of you there? Everyone is invited. <laughs> okay. Everyone is invited. I'm not kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we have we have plenty of room. Elena, thank you so much. Okay. That's TEDx Sao Paulo and uh we'll look forward to I I'm definitely gonna be turning into the TV station that day. Take care now. Thank bye bye. Thank you so much, Mark. Bye. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to Mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.